Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. So it's almost hard to believe, but there has been good news with the pandemic lately. Case numbers are down. We have three approved vaccines in the United States, and some schools and businesses in the Bay Area are reopening. But we're also not out of the woods just yet. So I will say, yeah, I'm optimistic that we're over the worst, but we're not by any means over the whole thing. We still have to be careful with how we are around other people, and we have to do it safely. Right now, we're in this middle space between the worst of COVID-19 and possibly the end of the pandemic. But if we want to see this through to the end, we'll need to protect the real and fragile progress that we've made so far. Today, how to navigate this moment in the pandemic marathon. I'm Alan Montecilio. Welcome to the Bay. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. Do you think it's fair to say that the worst of the pandemic is behind us? Well, you know, I'm going to go on, on a limb here because everything about this virus has been surprising. Yeah. Um, the fact that it even is here is the biggest surprise. Dr. Yvonne Maldonado is a professor of pediatrics, global health, and infectious diseases at Stanford. She's also led a ton of research into understanding COVID-19 and understanding vaccines. I do feel optimistic that we may have been through the worst of this pandemic. Having said that, I don't think it's gone. I was really concerned back in January, which seems so long ago, that we would break our healthcare system. We were just seeing a devastating loss of life, uh, devastating consequences to people who were hospitalized with severe illness. And from a broad perspective, what this was going to do to our healthcare system, our healthcare workers, all of us are just really tired. We're very um, stressed. People are not as resilient as, as they were a year ago, and it's taking its toll. 
And how would you describe where we are now compared to that really difficult time? What's really different now from 2020 to 2021 is the fact that we have vaccines, that we have not only one vaccine, but we have three vaccines and we may have more. That is just stunning. I, I would never have expected that. I think we're going to start to see a major reduction in hospitalizations and deaths, which is wonderful. What we really also want to see is a reduction in transmission. And that's where I think the vaccines can really make another big difference. That is, they will save lives because we have a good sense, not a perfect sense, but a good sense from the trials of the Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson vaccines that they actually not only reduce disease substantially, but they actually likely reduce transmission. And that's a really big deal because if you can save an individual life, that's wonderful. But if you can keep that virus from spreading to other people, that is a societal change. And I do think we're gonna to start to see that in the coming months. What's really amazing to me is we're two months out and people already are you know, adapting to this and saying, yeah, we're done and we can just move on. And I do think we're over the worst, at least for now. But I also want to be careful about moving forward. Well, kind of on, on the topic, I, I want to get to sort of what, what this means for what people should do in their everyday lives, particularly those who are still waiting to get a vaccine. And let's just start with Monday's news. So on, on Monday, the CDC made an announcement about what's safe for people who've been fully vaccinated. If you and a friend or you and a family member are both vaccinated, you can have dinner together, wearing masks without distancing. You can visit your grandparents if you have been vaccinated and they have been too. Can, can you explain uh, that news and, and sort of tell us what, what you make of it? Well, a lot of us were waiting for that news and that's great news. I think the CDC saw the data that we've all seen, which is that these vaccines essentially prevent 100% of hospitalizations and deaths. So they may not prevent infection and disease 100%, uh, but people who get sick, at least from the trials that have been done, don't get hospitalized and they don't die. So that's remarkable. So I think allowing people who are vaccinated to be a little less restrictive in their interactions makes a lot of sense. Now, guys, what does it mean to be fully vaccinated? They are saying two weeks after you get a Pfizer or Moderna second dose or two weeks after your one J&J shot. Guys, I think a lot of grandparents out there are going to be pretty excited about these guidelines, but we'll be waiting to see. What we do have to be careful with, and this is the second part of their recommendation, is not to be cavalier and go out in public without wearing a mask and distancing. Similarly, when fully vaccinated people are visiting with unvaccinated people from multiple households, everyone should wear masks and physically distance and meet outdoors in a well-ventilated space. So it's just best at this time when we're in a really great spot and in a fragile spot where this epidemic could take a turn up or down, we want to keep it going down in a downward swing. Remember, if nothing else we learn from this epidemic, uh, epidemics are exponential. So you can go from 100 cases to 1,000 or more in a very short period of time. And we just don't want to lose anything that we've gotten through in the last year. Yeah. And related to that, right, is, is, is the idea of transmission among younger people. And, you know, I think for a lot of people who are maybe waiting for the vaccine or, you know, happy to see that people are getting the vaccine are still waiting. Um, 
And meanwhile, you know, in the Bay, there's also some schools reopening, restaurants partially reopening. And, and I think there are, might be some people who are feeling maybe a little confused about how much things are improving and what to take away from these, as you said, guidance, especially after so much time has passed. Well, absolutely. Young people are obviously at lower risk of getting a serious disease and being hospitalized, but it's not zero. And it is impacting people's ability to live a normal life. So I can absolutely understand uh, that. My own children are in their 20s and 30s, and they were just anxious to be vaccinated. Again, I am optimistic, but there it's not going to happen overnight. I do think that what the Biden administration has said about having enough vaccine for anybody who wants it by May is a reasonable statement. I think that June might be more reasonable given what we know about vaccine companies and their ability to get their facilities up and running in a quality controlled way. So I don't think we're going to be able to get rid of the masks and distancing quite yet. I would urge people to feel hopeful, but uh, try to figure out how they can get through the next few months because we are getting to the, a good spot. We really are. Well, and I think there's sort of two things in my mind. There's lots of people who are waiting, but I think there are also lots of the same people who are wanting to make sure that they do everything they can to, to keep people safe while they're waiting in this sort of in-between time where we have a vaccine, but lots of people don't have it. So what kind of questions should people be asking themselves to decide what activities to engage in during this time? I mean, you might be asking, like, what do you talk to your kids about, about how to navigate this period? It's all about what your risk of getting infected is in your community. So a lot of the shutdown initially had to do with preventing transmission back in March. Remember when we did that March 17th? Um, and that idea there was to flatten the curve. And mm-hmm. a lot of us were quite naive about that, flatten the curve, because everyone thought, well, that means it'll go away. But Flattening the curve didn't make the virus go away. The only way you do that is to make it stop circulating everywhere in the world. And that clearly isn't going to happen for a while. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do now, I think, is to just mask and distance and still enjoy outdoor activities, enjoy whatever your county says, you know, indoor activities within reason. So 25%, 50%. But the critical issue is keeping yourself from getting infected, keeping others. And we know that's just a matter of spreading the virus from your mouth and your nose to another person. It's as simple as that. So if if you can think of it in those terms, what am I going to do to keep that from happening? So if it's masking and going outdoors to have drinks or dinner with friends, I think that's great. I think it, it contributes not only to our mental health, but our economic stability. And so I think those are the questions I would be asking. And we actually are starting to do that. We've done a few little local trips. We've been up to Napa. We've been to the coast, to Half Moon Bay. And obviously this has impacted what we would normally do, but I think we're taking small steps towards getting outdoors and being around other people without you know putting ourselves or others in, in harm's way. So cases have been going down where a lot of the, the advice to keep yourself safe you know, is the same, but some things are, have definitely gotten better. Are, are there anything in particular that you think could really derail progress and, and put us in the wrong direction, particularly in the Bay Area? Well, I have to say that Californians are very good. I think we did a pretty good job. I still don't know exactly why. I don't know that anybody really understands why we had such a terrible surge in December and January, it was horrific. It was really horrible. Um, And I think a lot of that had to do with 
small family gatherings because there was so much community prevalence. What I am worried about here in the Bay Area really is wellness. People are just tired. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're isolated. We are just seeing people get to a point where they're just, you know, they need that social interaction. And then there's also a couple of variants of the virus spreading as well. How does that factor into that calculation? The variants are frightening to a certain extent. Um, there's clearly something about our immune system that drives mutations in these viruses, like they do with every virus. Viruses right. mutate, that's what they do. But what we're seeing with this virus is there's been some kind of a jump. And we don't know what that factor is that made that happen, but something happened along the genealogy or the family tree of the virus to make it leap into this more transmissible variant. And so we are in a race against the variants. We have to get immunity now because each of us are little laboratory experiments for the virus. So every person gets infected is an opportunity for the virus to mutate again. You know, most people don't get to talk directly to an expert like yourself and just ask you questions about the virus. I'm sure you fielded all kinds of questions about this pandemic. What's the most important thing you want people to know right now? Well, uh, let me just quote one of my friends. Um, She said this about a different virus. And somebody said, well, do you think the glass is half empty or half full? And my friend said, I don't think about it that way. I think about how big the glass is. And if we can get to empty that glass even just a little bit, because it's such a big glass, I think we've made progress. So I like to think about this in the same way, because we're talking about a big glass here. We're talking about the whole world. Yeah. And when I saw my first colleague vaccinated, it brought me to tears because I just saw that this was a symbol of hope. And I do really think these vaccines are going to get us out of this. Um, We may go through some more phases, but in in the end, I think we will triumph over this. But we need to be hopeful and we need to not lose that hope in the face of fatigue and burnout and frustration and anxiety. I think we're gonna do much better in this year, despite all the bad news, because there's more good news. It's just that it's gonna take a little bit longer Dr. Maldonado, thanks so much for for making the time. Really appreciated the conversation. Well, thank you for uh, asking me to come on the show. It's been really fun. Thanks to Dr. Yvonne Maldonado, Professor of Pediatrics, Global Health, and Infectious Diseases at Stanford University. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss the next one. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you listen. This episode of The Bay was produced by Erica Cruz Guevara, Asala Sanapur, and Shailen Martos. We're made by your local public media station, KQED. I'm Alan Montecilio. Thanks for listening, and talk to you next time. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 